polyamory is getting dicked down by the coronavirus. Like it is, you know, it, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, it's just not, even <laughs> it's like everything that I stand for. I just have, like, I have, I have, it's, it's being defiled right now. So welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today is just DeAndre and I. And what do you think we should talk about? Um. I've <laughs> 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 been sitting in my house. I've been um, <laughs> navigating what it's like to be non-monogamous in the times of Rona. Has it been weird for you? Yeah, it's hard. Why? Um. Because a lot of people, especially progressive people, I think have really conservative quarantine protocol. Oh, interesting. And what do you mean when you say conservative, though? What, what does it mean in this context? Oh, in this context, it means like, like my partner just moved into a group house and they like are not really letting people in and out of their house. They are like, they're quarantining all packages that come for 24 hours. They're like, like oh, wow. none of them are going to the grocery store. They're only allowing like, like Instacart and things like that. Um, That's intense. And like for the groceries that like do come when they come, like the stuff that can be outside that's like non-perishable sits outside for 24 hours and the stuff that has to come inside gets like wiped down with a Lysol wipe and shit. What that like the way that's playing out for us is that um like we're probably just not gonna see each other for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um because they're very much into like the idea that like someone else in the house has a partner and that partner is just gonna like essentially move in f- until Corona's done. So that so that they can like be together, you know? Yeah. And like I feel like we we that's so extreme. Like, I I don't know. I feel like it's just a super all or nothing thing. Yeah. And I think for you know? a lot of people are treating it like a zero sum game. Um, zero sum in what sense? Like, what is the... Like, they're going to go as hard as they can with the quarantine protocol and, like, ad- adhere as hard as they can. Um, because if they don't, then, like, someone will definitely get corona, you know? Um, and, uh, and like my sample size is literally like two right now, but like two of the two, like ultra progressive group houses that I know are like taking it extremely seriously. And like, well, well, here's, what's weird though, is that like, you know, taking it seriously is one thing, but it's, you'd also think that a really progressive group house would understand the importance of like mental health. Right. And it's figure. And how does what it's really, it's really difficult to quantify. Right. Yeah. How, Rona has how much really... does being able to be around your partner actually like contribute to your mental well-being and emotional well-being. Yeah. Right? Rona has really, it's really flipped the script on us. I really, I feel like, you know, like I, I mean, well, I think there's a lot to like a lot to say that's underlying about like ultra progressive communities not being that tolerant in general, but like we're seeing a lot of these and we're seeing as if I'm like, you know, a statistician or whatever, <laughs> like as if I, well, you kind of are a statistician. Well, I am a statistician, but like as, right. as, as if I'm studying this, which I'm not in like a layman. Yes. Yeah. In a very casual way. We're seeing like a lot of these really, really progressive communities 
just like take, you know, a very, very seemingly unprogressive approach to quarantine of like, of like, no, everyone in this house has to be on complete lockdown and there's no middle ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe the middle ground in that case, in the case of my partner's new house is like, you can see your partner, but they have to move in. Like maybe that's but the middle it's really ground. hard to figure out what does progressive mean in this particular context, right? Because like the normal political ideologies, whatever, don't necessarily give you an obvious alignment with what, like how serious, like it's not obvious that a liberal would take it more seriously and conservative wouldn't, right? Yeah. I, don't, I also don't think it's that obvious. I feel like I've seen, it's weird, man. It's really, I, because I feel like in some ways, the way that we've seen this, like the partisanship around the coronavirus play out is like what I expected. And in some ways it's not like well, ex- what you expected in the sense that you expected a lot, a small group of Republicans to be really, really, oh, my God, this is fascism. We need our freedom. Let us like have haircuts, whatever. I Yeah, I guess like now that it's hard to think about what what I thought pre Rona, you know, yeah. it's hard to like put myself in the mindset of what. Like what I thought, yeah, what I thought like Republicans would do before I knew what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thought that this would be a thing that like people kind of universally like were just like, oh, yeah, like we need to shut down. Like we need to just chill, you know, mm-hmm. especially because so many uh, conservatives are old. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I thought that. I was like, oh, and this is finally something that, like, you know, the conservatives are going to take seriously, like, or like, or like, you know, there's going to be a bipartisan issue, yeah, of the Rona, and like, and to be fair, it might be a mischaracterization to say that it isn't, mm-hmm. but it certainly feels like mad partisan right now. Yeah, of 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 the Republicans being like, we're gonna, we need to open up the economy. Yeah, and liberals being like, no, let's like, well, the thing is, I. I really don't think that the liberal position is necessarily like, because I guess liberals are like, you know, pro science, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you'd also think that, like, I think it's also liberal. You could also, from a liberal standpoint, say, look, closing the economy is going to really, really adversely affect all of these people who are probably going to, you know, being unemployed kills people too. Yeah. Right. And obviously the best, the ideal liberal solution would be just give those people, you know, a welfare state and let's use this to make a case for the welfare state. But I also think that liberals even understand that you can't make a welfare state in a couple months. Yeah. And like when, and like our system doesn't, doesn't allow for it. But I also think that, I think that a lot of like, sort of like the revolutionary left are people that believe that like the system has to change fundamentally are like believe this is the perfect time to just change it right Mm -hmm. because we've already seen some of that happen right where like oh shit like a lot of people are losing their jobs what are like what's the government going to do about it they just give they like make it a lot easier to get unemployment right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like and it is like actually like it seems like it they've done a reasonably good job at least like amongst my my roommates who are collecting unemployment yeah of making it doable yeah i think that i agree with that i also have heard that in the states that are reopening like the second that restaurants are allowed to reopen again in some capacity like beyond to go Mm -hmm. um i've heard that 
it immediately makes it harder for them for like restaurant workers to get unemployment because they can now technically get a job. Like they can like, like they like are now have to be like proving that they can like actually find a job and that like, you know, like it, like they, they can no longer kind of blindly collect the coronavirus unemployment, if, even if they were like directly laid off because of it. Yeah. That's going to be the real kind of, like moment i think is when the government start opening up before the scientists actually think that we need to start opening up yeah and then it's like well are the scientists going to give us like some kind of like okay but here's the science date and here's the government date you know yeah i mean like i feel like we've already seen a little bit of that dichotomy happening right like fauci and and a lot of um like that side of the government are like look dude we need to make sure like we need to like we need to really make sure we have a hold on this thing before we open and then but it seems like they don't necessarily like they might lose that battle i think they certainly will right yeah as long as there's a well then the question is if they lose the battle are they still going to kind of be behind the scenes being like okay well you know if you even if you aren't net like mandated to go back to work because you're like a restaurant worker or something like you're just somebody who has has been working in an office and is now working from home. Are they going to be like, okay, but like, you know, nudge, nudge, like don't go back, you know, to work until this date, you know? Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, and I should say that I feel like they're going to lose that battle in red States because right now we're also well, seeing it's already happening. Like they're already opening. Yeah. And we're seeing like a lot of the, a really good show of States power right now. I feel like that's not a thing that, I feel like that's not a thing that like we talk about. Yeah, it gets talked about enough, like state governments. Yeah, but like, but like, they like right now the federal government like they're coordinating. I think, or they're like taking point on like developing a vaccine and things like that, right? And like issuing guidance, but really it's the state governments that are tackling things like testing and like when to reopen and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's you know that's where we're gonna see like actual disparities amongst partisan lines probably right mm-hmm. we're gonna see people like really really um like red states yeah just opening up a lot sooner probably mm-hmm. yeah which is hard um yeah and i think yeah i think it's gonna be hard to have like not a national standard mm-hmm. and i think that is a very progressive ideal like a, a very progressive idea to like be sad that there's not a national standard whereas like a whereas like states rights and like that kind of thing is very conservative ideal i feel yeah and like pro work you know mm-hmm. like prioritizing getting people back to work or whatever the fuck that means what do you mean what i feel like it's pretty straightforward what that means is letting people yeah i mean whatever <laughs> um so i don't know i mean like we could talk about that we're already talking about it is there more to say <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I've, I've, I think it's kind of interesting what, like, every every one of these situations where you have like a particular group house, there's like a governance structure essentially. Yeah, man. In a way that you didn't necessarily have to have as formal a governance structure before, because all the decisions you were making were less high stakes. Yeah, yeah. we're talking like some real social contract shit right now. Yeah, like I, when you have two people, right, who really, really strongly disagree. Like I think this particular issue of can you see your significant other is like the main one that I've observed in all my friends, you know, who live in group houses. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 
that is huge, right? Like, can you see your significant other or do you have to like, you know, completely close ourselves off? Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that my house was going to be, I thought that that I was going to see more houses that are acting like my house, which is like, we all generally trust each other to make smart decisions Mm-hmm. And we're not like there's an implied and I think an expressed at some point like, yeah, we're not going to like have people like coming in and out of our house a lot. But like we're allowing our partners that like are are, are like um, like people are going to the grocery store, you know, mm-hmm. and people are um, if they have partners that live in a different in a different house they're like we're trusting them to like be smart when if they want to go visit their partner at their house mm-hmm. you know yeah. and like and have accepted that i don't i think that they're yeah we were getting to this before but we are are prioritizing mental health i think a little bit higher than i've seen a lot of the more progressive houses do yeah um and i i don't know i feel like the narrative around like progressive communities has really been pro mental health lately. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised to see, yeah, kind of a more just like suck it up narrative, you know, yeah, around this. Like, but it's kind of surprising in that, like it, well, I mean, I guess it's unsurprising in the sense that that's always the problem that mental health causes have had in terms of trying to justify why they're important is that it's so difficult to be like, well, how much, Right. Like, like, how, how can we how can you you can't really prove, yes, being able to see my partner is going to give me a 20 yeah. percent boost in my mental health. I think right? I think it's less of like trying to like prove, but I think it's like people are having to weigh like mm-hmm. mental health boosts. Right. And I think in both of the houses that I've heard that I'm that I've referred to, there has been, you know, a number of people that are like well, like it makes me really anxious. Like I, I, I can't, I can't live with like the anxiety of people coming or like of not knowing, or of not knowing if my roommates have coronavirus or not, you know? Yeah, true. That's true. They're like you're pitting mental health against mental health too. Yeah. Right. It's not like mental health versus physical health. Yeah. <laughs> but, really. but it's weird because it's all intertwined and you, it feels like, and this is a conversation that I've had a lot recently. It feels like you can't really push back on someone when they say, like, oh, I'm just, I'm worried about getting the coronavirus. Therefore you can't leave. Like I need you or like we, you know, we have to have a very conservative protocol, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think that we, you know, we're seeing some like really strong divergence where they're there. And maybe, maybe it's the same phenomenon that we see with literally everything else where like, we're hearing about the two extremes more than like the actual middle where, where most people, where most people are lying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I know of like the really, really, really conservative protocol uh, houses. And then I like know of people that like are yeah not really just, just not really taking it that seriously, like kind of living their life mm-hmm. however they want, you know, and that kind of thing. But I don't know. I have I have not heard as much of like people that kind of are where my house lie, where it's like, yeah, like we all trust each other to make the right decisions. And I think it's that's really the thing is it's a trust issue. Yeah. Right. And like I think it really just goes to show that fundamentally people don't trust each other very much. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and right? I guess regardless of what your political leanings are. Right. Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't take for granted that like I live in a house with people that we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. And have built and I've lived each other, have lived with a lot. Well, some of us have lived with each other for like going on four years now. Right. So I don't know. How, how is your what's your house is like quarantine protocol right now? I mean, a lot of us just moved here to Philadelphia. So we don't have like people to see you know yeah <laughs> you have <laughs> like nowhere I to go particularly have no one to see and like i don't think that people are necessarily like trying to go out very much but like we do have one roommate who is like has a girlfriend and she's going to see her girlfriend but i don't think that any of us it just feels weird generally to try to like you just impose things on other people you know that's yeah. going to demonstrably make their life worse yeah right and it feels very I mean, it feels very selfish, right? It's very like, you know, me oriented and like you're endangering me and you're endangering like us. And like, this is, just, I don't know. It's, it's just like, where, where does, if one is trying to prioritize like having a community, where should one fall, yeah. right? Should one fall on the side of being really, really strict or should one, it's like, you can really make a case for either side. Yeah. In the case you know? of like micro social contracts like this. I really don't feel like they're I really feel like everyone is just like behaving selfishly in some way or another. Like, I don't think I don't think that like when we're like when group houses are hashing out what they're OK with. I don't think they're doing it like in like with the community in mind or I think they probably think they're doing it with the community in mind. But really, it's just like but it's really just to justify this thing that you want. Yeah. Like, what am I what am I comfortable with? And like, how can I because you can spin it either way. Right. Like, yeah, you really can. Like we need a conservative protocol because like the house needs, the house needs to be healthy and like, we need to not like burden the healthcare system. Right. Sure. Which, and to be fair, maybe we should frame the conversation around like the communities that we're talking about, which are like primarily, you know, 20 something millennials. Yeah. Living in group houses with each other, you know? And like, mm -hmm. obviously if there are people with like preexisting conditions or whatever, that's important. But in one of the cases, like in our friend, in one of our friends' cases, there isn't that situation. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, you I can, mean, you can, even for even for my house, right? Like, I I don't know. Like, do you? There's like there's a couple of different ways to do it. Is like, do you do you just let the person who feels most strongly about it have veto power? Do you let the person who is most vulnerable health wise have veto power if you have like a pre existing or condition or something like that? Mm -hmm. Do you just go with majority rules? You know, yeah. and it's like so supremely unclear because it's the kind of thing where you can just have really vehement like just you know disagreement about it. And yeah, it's just like what do you do? Rona has I think has made me think in a lot of like sheer philosophical terms like what you're talking about like especially yeah. in the one the situation that you just laid out yeah like how like how do you decide the best way to govern small communities yeah um like you know group houses um but this is probably something that can be extrapolated so like you know any kind of small community especially because you don't even necessarily know but like you might have a if you're talking on macro scale you might have a like, pretty clear uh stance on something like yeah on macro right? for sure yeah right but like on an individual level it's also the kind of thing that you don't even really know what you're comfortable with until something bad happens sometimes or you don't even necessarily know what you're like at the beginning you might be like oh i think this thing and then like you know four weeks in you change your mind right it's like also something that like people are just confused about generally yeah so it's hard to be like oh this is my hardline stance on this because like 
you don't know. And the other people also know that you don't really know. Right. <laughs> yeah, And everyone's just like kind of guessing or treating yeah. it as if it's the worst possible version of itself. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of Rona, I feel it's like, like, you know, like the, one of the houses that I refer to is like, yeah, you can't come in or out of this house unless you, or you can't come in this house unless you like quarantine yourself 14 for 14 days before you came in here. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of wild. That is really wild. That's kind of wild. Like, especially because like, in reference to like, you know, partners coming in, it's like, it seems like what I'm getting is, oh no, we have to mark the beginning of the 14, like we have to be able to tell when the beginning of the 14 day period showed up or like started. And then we have to like see it through to the end. Like, I'm not sure that like they would willingly trust someone that said like, Oh no, like, trust me. I've been, I, I have been careful the past 14 days, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of wild, but yeah, I don't know. I, obviously there are like huge, huge flaws with like any government governing style. And I think that I tend to fall into for small communities like probably a consensus but i don't think the consensus, the consensus can be like just not available <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that i think consensus only works if you're like if it's a group of logical people willing to make compromises well that's the thing is like consensus is is something that is much easier to come by when the stakes are not particularly high yeah right yeah and now and now it feels like we're talking high stakes Right. Well, because I think that most people are logical and rational, right? Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not as not necessarily all the time, and this is definitely the kind of situation that would trigger less rational parts of your brain to want to fire, right? Of being like, oh no, like I'm just panicked, right? Uh-huh. Or I'm filled with anxiety, or whatever it is, right? And those those types of things probably tend to cloud your your judgment, but also like, what are you even judging off of, right? Like even like even rationality needs some kind of inputs, right? Of things that you know to be true. Yeah. And yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, I'm I thinking about the, the point that you made about like the sort of risk level associated with consensus and, and like how it's easier to come to consensus on low risk things. Do you feel like, uh, especially like, do you feel like you know people that perceive the situation that we're dealing with as higher risk than you think it should be perceived? I don't, I honestly can't tell how high risk I think it should be perceived. Yeah, right? that's the hard part. On the one hand, on the one hand, like I don't know anyone with coronavirus or even am like two or three degrees away from anyone I know, right? Seems to have coronavirus. Mm, that's well. Right? Well, you are. You? What do you mean? My roommate probably like 98% had coronavirus. So you're two oh. degrees there, but still, I know what you mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the only example I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the kind of thing where like it could it could very well be that we're completely overreacting and like because but but it could be that because we're overreacting that's why it's fine you know what i mean like maybe it's actually that we're reacting the exact right amount and that's why no one i know has it right yeah another thing is that in the situation it it kind of doesn't there isn't really a consequence at least not not as much of a tangible consequence of being of treating it like it's the highest risk possible you know, like, in fact, if you treat it like it's the highest risk possible, then you're probably doing the best thing for like public health as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Like the best thing for public health aside, I mean, you know, like pulling out mental health, which, you know, is like not, not possible, 
But like, best thing is that it is if everyone just sat in their house for a month, <laughs> and and like if you needed a medical care, medical care, you get it, and then no one and like no one moved, right? And like, given that that's the best case, like probably the best case scenario for public health, it's really hard. I think as if you are playing the position of someone that's like, no, I think we can like you know be like kind of laxer or afford to be like laxer in some places if you're trying to make that argument to your group house. I don't think you have a lot of ground to stand on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. Like we're seeing places that are active, like the, whatever, like the mayor of Las Vegas is like, okay, we'll be like the guinea pig or the canary or whatever. It is. <laughs> They're right? like, we'll be, we'll be the, uh, oh God, the control. Yeah. And like, and that's dumb. Like, and like, I agree with that. I disagree with that on a macro scale. Right. 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 Uh, but on a micro scale, you're like, damn, but I really like would like to see my partner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And like, yeah, on a macro scale, like I know, I know what should be done, but I feel like it feels like I, when we're talking about me as a human, I feel like I have more ownership over like mitigating risk and like making decisions, like, like taking calculated risks where I think are important for my mental health. But I think a lot of people would disagree with like, with as in the, the people people would probably be more more conservative than you like you'd be more lax compared to probably most people around you yeah like i go when i go outside for a skate or for a run i don't wear a mask mm-hmm. because i can't do either of those things with a mask on mm-hmm. but i want to be able to be outside and like exercise and do something active outside because if i because i feel like i'm gonna fucking go crazy if i don't get outside yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um so like could I like the safest route would probably be for me to like just go on walks outside with a mask on or like go on runs and just like accept the fact that I'm not going to be able to run as long with a mask on. Mm-hmm. Um but instead I like skate in the middle of the street where there aren't people like where I'm 6 feet away from both sidewalks at least mm-hmm. and I like when I'm on a run and I and I'm like and I see someone on a sidewalk, I like pop out into the street, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like in that situation, like, am I taking like the most surefire route to make sure that I don't get Rona? No, but I feel like I'm taking like the second best route, which is still probably a pretty effective route. Yeah. Especially given that like, it's not even like people are all are all taking like, okay, here are the CDC CDC guidelines, like they're the word of God. But there was like a point in which the CDC was not even sure whether or not they should be recommending that we wear masks or not, right? And then they like flip-flopped on that, right? So we could be living in that alternative world where no one was wearing masks, right? And like we it wouldn't be this huge deal to everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in fact the people wearing masks would be considered like pariahs or whatever. Yeah. You know? And I think the question of mask was literally just like, does it hurt more than it helps? And I guess CDC fell on, like, it probably doesn't hurt more than it helps. But, yeah, I think they were originally like, oh, well, it would if they were buying all health masks. But if we just tell them to make their own masks. Well, actually, I saw fine. what I saw one official, which is like, which which what which is what's, what was more concerning to me was like you people that are wearing masks are like way more likely to touch their face to adjust their mask. Um, yeah. Like, oh, and you're saying that it might actually be ne- uh, worse. Yeah, like if you pick it up, if you pick up coronavirus somewhere, um, then you like are fu- Then you like you know you're at the grocery store and your mask is like going up into your eyes or like falling below your nose and you have to fucking it's adjust. Really it. annoying. Yeah, 
Um, but I think that's why they said they were really careful to say, this is not going to help you not get coronavirus. This is going to help you not give other people coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, they're like this, like, yeah, this does not <laughs> like, you can still very much get coronavirus. And I think that's why they said that because you can, because if you still, if you're still not vigilant about like what you touch and like touching your face and shit, then you're probably still going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's kind of scary, but yeah. So I like, I take that calculated risk because I think it just results in a net benefit for me. And like, I don't feel like I'm putting other people in danger and like, well, unless- and also like you being outside actually doesn't boost your immune system and shit like that. So like, it's, you know, how much does that outweigh like, the risk of you like potentially like getting sick because of going outside? It's just like impossible, right? It's all these tiny, tiny little micro. Yeah. And like, should everyone that like has the means be doing Instacart? I don't know. No one I know has been using Instacart. Um, except for, I guess, have you guys been doing it? No, our house goes no. to the grocery store. Yeah. But when I was, when I was on the two week, like ultra quarantine, like when I actually was showing symptoms, we used exclusively Instacart there. Interesting. And it was, I mean, it was fine. We got mm-hmm. most of the stuff we wanted. It was like in the thick of like when the pandemic first broke out. So there were still like a lot of shortages. Yeah. So like we didn't get flour or whatever, but, um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I thought about, I thought a lot about like, whether the philosophically correct choice is would be to do that. But then it seems like you're just like, you're saying like these, you know, this group of gig workers can like go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the other thing is that it seems like, you know, each group has be is being so extreme, but like, it's also super privileged, privileged to be able to even be that extreme because you're obviously not living with any essential workers. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you were, then you would just be on a completely different level, I think. Yeah. And then the question is also, if you were, would you then literally just like exile that person and not interact with them? Like that would also be incredibly shitty. Yeah. Like, right? well, like I think that, that that would be an interesting thought of like, like, yeah, if what if these conservative grouses, group houses had someone that had to go to work every day? Right. And and it, I think they're in a really unique position of being super, super liberal and therefore like, oh, my God, we believe in science so much, but also like super privileged. Yeah, like white they're not actually liberal. touching. Exactly. Right. Like, mm. because like, I mean, if you literally lived with a healthcare worker, then you, I mean, like you'd, your eyes would be popping out of your head if you had those same exact standards. Right. Yeah. It just wouldn't <laughs> compute. Right. You yeah. Can't. And would you put like an essential worker out of their own house because they have to go out and like do an essential job. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like so shitty. And and then I think that if you had that mentality, right. About if, if you change your mentality being like, Oh, well obviously they're essential worker. Like they should be able to do their job. It still seems like that's kind of a double standard between like, okay, but then why can you not also have the, extend that same level of empathy towards people who are doing this other thing that's like essential to them, which is like maintaining their mental health by exercising or seeing their partners or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that I feel like I'm also seeing just like a lot of really, really like progressive activisty people getting, getting kind of like pretentious about observing how rigorously they're yeah. the guidelines. Right. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I like, yeah, I mean, I, I, my house, I think is pretty good about like how we're handling this, but 
I feel like I've gotten criticism from people over like small decisions that we already made <laughs> that can't be yeah. undone. Like, what do you mean can't be undone? Like a couple of weeks into the Rona, like when it was really ramping up, a friend of mine was like, well, why didn't your house, um, like was your house allowing partners to come in and out of the house? And we were like, uh, yeah, we were, but like, you know, we were like, like we were making sure that they were being careful and like a lot of our, a lot of our partners live in houses by themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. And like things like that. And I feel my friend was like, well, yeah, but like, that wasn't what, like, that isn't what the CDC recommended. Like you made the wrong well, the choice CDC, there. I don't think was giving actual guidelines around whether or not you can see your significant other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't really see that in any of the CDC guidelines personally, and I did read them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like there, yeah, there's, there's been guidance, there's been guidance on like the optimum, but I feel like we need guidance on like the shades of gray. Like, like, I, like I, I, mean, I don't even think the CDC has the authority to tell you something like that, right? Well, they have like, the authority to say whether you should be leaving your house or not. But they are saying you can leave your house, right? Like. They very much said, go outside, go on walks, go to the grocery store. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Like, so how is that, you know? Yeah. Can we talk about how this whole thing is also just like really solidifying romantic primacy? Oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'll tell you what. That that we both (laughs) rail against constantly of being like, why? Like, this is just a partner's conversation. You know, the friends are not even part of the conversation. Dude, we are like. Even though we absolutely understand that friends are also imperative for mental health. (laughs) Like friends are like polyamory is getting dicked down by the coronavirus. Like it is, you know, (laughs) it's like. (laughs) Like it's just not. (laughs) It's like everything that I stand for. I just like I have I have it's it's being defiled right now. Yep. Exactly. My, like my, my newer partner and I literally haven't seen each other in two and a half months. And like, whilst I really care about them, it's actively causing me anguish that I can't see them. Yeah. You know? And, and like everyone, like if you, if you have, if you had a partner coming into this, you probably quarantine with them. And mm-hmm. it forced like poly poly people to make decisions about, about like, all right, who are you going to shack up with? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like this is like the perfect thing. The perfect use case for, for monogamy is happening right now. Exactly. Because it's like you only get one. You only get one person that you're allowed to like be buddies with and have them come live with you. And like, yeah. And it may as well know? be somebody that you fuck. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and I'm like, damn, in like in a real like rough world, is polyamory just like not feasible? You know, I mean, yeah, if we were in like some kind of dystopian Mad Max kind of situation. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where there was like constant pandemics and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it's like, damn, am I being a privileged fuck whenever I'm like, yeah, you should be polyamorous. Like, like, am I not? You know, are there like, are there people that are like, man, I wish I could, but it just, it can't work for me. You know? Yeah. I mean, when we were having that non-monogamy conversation, I don't think that either of us were considering the possibility <laughs> that there could be a, a major pandemic, right? 
that would just thwart all the plans. Cause you also on your end, like you're living with your partner and you can't, you can't explore anything else right now. Like you, you're no, absolutely not. It's terrible. Like it makes you realize in this kind of situation, how much of a luxury it is to even say, Oh, like I don't want to fulfill these other like sexual desires. Oh man. Right. It is just like, wow. That is like, that is like, now, right now, that feels like being like, oh, yes, I would like, you know, gold leaf on my, like, you know, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like, it's just like, you know, you know super what, out of touch. It feels literally out of touch. Do you know what you know? feels more out of touch? What? Like, talking about being sad that you can't see your second partner to someone who doesn't even have one. I know! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that the emotion's real, you know, and like, but like, there's part of you that's like, damn, like, should I suck this up? Like, am I being a bitch? Like, should I like, but I think that the spirit of, of polyamory is that like, you know, like love and care that you feel for people doesn't have to like negate the love and care that you feel for someone else. So it seems like the feelings are valid, but you just, you know, you but can't. it's just weird because there's a default baseline and it's like, you already have that default baseline. You should be happy. Yeah, like, yeah you got right? at least one person, bitch. I'm here, I'm here by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I get that, dude. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry that for all the people that are like single and lonely, that you're going to be single and lonely for like eight more months. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. Right. I've been swiping on OkCupid and it's just like, it's funny because everyone's like, um, yeah, I guess swipe right if you want to like chat. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. not see you in the next, you know, X amount of time, but <laughs> I still believe in polyamory. So thanks for listening. Anyone that listened to our second Rona pod, kind of. Right. Like we we had one Rona pod and this is like a pod about a topic that's like directly influenced by Rona. <laughs> but as always, if you heard anything you liked or anything that you didn't like, um, you can always hit us at I'm the villain pod. That's our Gmail email account <laughs> that rhymed Gmail email account and um, our Instagram and our Twitter. Bye.